This is the World Industrial News for Monday, August 15th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part 10 of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. Thank you so much, Mona. It's just invaluable insight as we you know, continue to peel this onion back and really understand what the next steps are. Um, Pat, what did we miss? Any, any final thoughts? Well, there's one I had that, and you sort of addressed it, but this is not a U.S. problem. This is a worldwide problem. We've seen uh, transmission grids in every continent of the world. We've seen wildfires, people trying to cope with wildfires. We've seen electric vehicles start to become more popular, not as popular perhaps in California, but popular, a very high growth rate, 60% growth rates. So this is a worldwide problem. And the it's, it's infrastructure. It's often very hard to justify infrastructure. How do you justify a freeway or a bridge or a sewer? They're all justified because of the effect that others will have by leveraging that infrastructure. And I want to point out just one project, and perhaps that'll put things in in perspective. A lot of our our friends in Europe are, and have been for some time, very much invested in sustainability, use of renewables, and those kinds of things. But to have solar collectors in an area where the sun doesn't shine, or the wind doesn't blow. It's really makes you feel good, but it doesn't work. You have to go to where the sources are. So the transmission problem we're faced in the US, in other places they face it in through multiple countries. There's a project in the Middle East called GCCIA, which is a new transmission line, a DC transmission line, which is one then designed for a lot of renewables, and it goes from Saudi Arabia down through and across and up and into Spain and Turkey. Think about that line. Turkey and Spain is where you would connect into the European grid. This now looks as the same effect of 30 years ago when they built gas pipelines into an area. You become very highly dependent. Redundancy is needed. And at the bottom line, you can't build a solar complex in an area where you can't do anything with the power. So these are very much an enabling uh, technology. And I'd like to point out, they're not standalone. There was a project done in Southern California. It's called PowerLink that was done by, by Sempra years ago. And what they did is they built a transmission line from our Mojave Desert into the San Diego area. And this all goes with the same idea that you can generate the power from solar, you can generate it from wind, and you can use it in the cities and urban areas and industrial areas. But those don't coexist. And so we have to get the power from one to the other. And those are good examples of how the combined technology of intelligence at the edge and new smart grid are gonna work together to make this basically a a better living environment. And just one, add at the end of this is that this is massive amounts of software. And I would remind everybody that software is very much a European and US driven project product. 
So it puts us into a tremendous competitive advantage that we have the software already doing many of these things. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pat. What fantastic discussion and insight. You know, I think we're just really scratching the surface here. So thank you both, Pat and Mona, for joining us. And we'll look forward to continuing this uh, discussion. I can't wait to see what the next topics are. Thanks again. Thank you, thank Megan. You. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Even before Congress passed the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 late last week, which sharply boosts tax credits for developing carbon capture and storage projects, project developers saw a bright future for the technology, which is being developed for use by various sectors across North America. That future likely will get even brighter with the passage of the IRA, speakers predicted, at an oil and gas conference in Denver last week. Industrial Info is tracking 160 proposed CCS-related projects across the U.S. and Canada valued collectively at $79.3 billion. Nearly all of those proposed projects are scheduled to begin construction over a five-year period between January 2022 and December 2027. As noted in this space last week, hydrogen as a non-carbon emitting fuel presents a rosy face, but around the edges are some pimples. One of those is that current hydrogen production is more than 95% based on natural gas, coming from a separation process that does release those carbon atoms from the hydrogen. That is called brown hydrogen. That process can be mitigated to blue hydrogen if the separation facility uses carbon capture and storage but CCS, while coming down somewhat in cost, is still a very expensive undertaking requiring a good bit of energy itself. Algonquin Power and Utilities Corporation, an energy generation, transmission, and distribution utility serving the U.S. and Canada, is looking to grow its renewables business with wind and solar projects in the pipeline and its regulated business through two strategic acquisitions. Industrial Info is tracking $2.5 billion worth of active projects from Algonquin. And Europe is currently on track to reach its gas storage targets before winter hits, according to the latest data from Gas Infrastructure Europe. Storage levels currently stand at 72 percent, almost half a percent up on the five-year average and close to those of the 10-year average. The European Union has a stated goal of reaching 85 percent of full storage capacity by November 1st to help ensure that the region has sufficient gas to weather the coming winter as Russia continues to throttle supplies to the region. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck, reporting for Industrial Info News.